BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, September 21st. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on the ChairShot.com. Going to wrap around the room here and introduce my cast of characters, starting off with a man who is destined to go through a barbershop window, especially after that picture you posted earlier today, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How's it going, Bubba? I'm doing wonderfully, friends. How are you guys doing? Oh, hang, hanging in there, buddy. Hanging in there. Oh, whatever. You were just on vacation. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's part of why my voice sounds like I, I don't know, gargled razor blades. Um, last but certainly not least, the minister of truth, the deacon of data, the father of facts and figures. Mr. Rob from the Rob the Genius Podcast. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. Can't complain. Good to be back. Excellent. Yeah, good to have you as always. Uh, the... Uh- are you are you laying like an Adonis right now? I'm laying on the floor. I'm, I, I'm expecting like somebody to like reach over and start feeding him grapes. You know, like yeah. Julius Caesar lays there and he's like all, all right. stretched out <laughs> and, and he's got up, his man. girls around him feeding him. Right. Let me sit up. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, because if, if cause I, I'm not, if, dude, I'm not the posture police. <laughs> no, no, if, if I end up going on, now he's like, got a complex. No, he's going to rearrange like, everything now. Look, 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 look. If one of us, if one of us goes on a rant tonight, I do not want to be in some YouTube video you know, looking like I'm on the cover of an R&B album. Or something, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're not going to get me like that. Rob's going to be part of that meme. You're in good company, though. You got Michael Jackson. You got Lionel Richie. You got Rob Bonnet. All striking that late. All striking that 1987 R&B lean. Right. Not not doing that, okay? (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, that's good stuff. If if you ever want to, if you're obviously listening to the audio of this podcast, just look up the cover for Michael Jackson's Thriller, and you'll have the the exact pose that Rob was doing. That is 100% how Rob was laying there just a minute ago as we started this podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. And wrapping it all the way back around the room, I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard. I am DJ Fresh off vacation, and pals, I'm ready to go again. (laughs) <laughs> vacation never lasts long enough. Nope. We, uh, we we did a three-day cruise. Uh, we left out Friday from Port Canaveral, went to the Bahamas, uh, Saturday in Nassau, Sunday in their private island, and then Monday morning we were back home. And I got to tell you, man, we, we, we managed to cram in a lot of stuff over that weekend. 
we also managed to do some relaxing, which was awesome and well needed. That's great. That's great. Have either one of you ever taken a cruise? Um, nope. not now. Nah, I've I mean, I've gone on those like those little um, you know, like three hour things or whatever when you're like in the port and ride around in the harbor or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. The only cruise I've been on is the ferry to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, I got to tell you, aside from going and seeing family, just because I hate to drive, like I'm not, a, Tina likes to drive. She'll go on long road trips and not think about it. I hate driving, but it's, it's becoming my preferred vacation, mainly because it's just relaxed. Like everything's taken care of. Um, you can, they have like really decent restaurants. I mean, they have the buffet and sometimes the food is hit or miss on the buffets. I've been on certain ships where the, the buffet food has been really, really good and it's included in your package. Um, but then there's been some trips where the food's been, eh, it's been okay. But then they have a main dining hall that the food is usually really, really good. We treated ourselves this time. We bought not only the drink package because we knew we were going to drink and drinks on those cruise ships can get real expensive real quick. Um, and we actually, with as much as we drank, I, my check liver light was on all weekend. Uh, it, it never turned off. Um, but for everything we drank, we tallied it up and we actually came out ahead for what we paid for the drink package. Um, we did pay for the dining packages. They have like fine dining, like upgraded restaurants on board all the ships. We paid for the dining package, which allowed us a meal at each one each night. Uh, first night we did an Italian restaurant that was really good. Second night we did their steak restaurant, which was pretty good. The third night we just did their main dining hall and Looking back, I probably don't think I'd do the fine dining package again because most of what was on the menu for the regular dining hall that's included was being served at the fine dining package that we paid extra for, uh, most notably lamb chops. I did their steak restaurant mainly because I wanted lamb chops. We don't do a lot of, like, lamb's expensive as hell, and we don't, nobody else in the house will eat it but Tina and I. And beyond stew, we don't know how to make it anyway. So we went ahead and did the steakhouse so we could do the, the, the lamb chops. And the lamb chops were good. But then the next night, Sunday night, we're looking at the menu, and on the menu is freaking lamb chops. So I'm like, <laughs> I could have just gone to the regular dining and gotten lamb chops. And then um, their desserts are mostly the same. There may be a couple of little things they had here and there. But all in all, man, good cruise. We had a good time. We um, Saturday night, they do like a formal dress up dinner like you dress up and they they'll do formal pictures and everything uh tina and i decided to do our ren fair costumes and we have like a steampunk look that we both do that matches and i man i gotta tell you we really turned a lot ahead saturday night it was actually pretty freaking cool uh we got a lot of compliments uh one of the maitre d's at the i think it was a steak restaurant yeah it was a steak restaurant because we did that saturday night or yeah no yeah, Saturday night. God, the last five days have been incredible. Um, yeah, Saturday night, she was. She asked if she could take a picture with us, so we did a picture with her. We got a lot of compliments. Tina's irritated because a lot of people complimented my beard. Um, just random people like, hey, man, nice beard. And I'm like, thank you. And Tina's like, I don't even want to fucking hear it. <laughs> I don't even want to hear it. Because... <laughs> She like we've documented on this show. She likes the way the beard looks. She does not like making out with the beard. To be quite honest with you, I don't like making out with the beard, but it, it looks really good. We have plans at Renfest season for the beard. 
But that was just a fun little thing. And, and she and I have turned it into a game now, as far as, you know, the beard and me rubbing it in that it's award winning. Um, just all in all, man, a good weekend, solid weekend. We need another one. We're already planning the next one. Excellent. Did G have fun on her little staycation? She does. She genuinely does really good with uh, Tina's mom. They get along pretty well. And the, cool. the port where the ships leave, there's a restaurant called Grills right there. And they it was literally right next to our ship as we were getting on. So she took her over to the restaurant. And I don't know whether she bought her food or not, but they were going to watch the ship leave. The only problem with Friday night was was pouring rain. Like where they were from the restaurant, you could barely see the ship. So they just kind of texted and said, hey, we can't really see the ship, so we're going to leave. And so Gianna told me an early happy birthday because it was my birthday this weekend. Um, she told me an early happy birthday, told me she loved me, and then they took off. Um, but first night, quite a bit of rain leaving the port. Saturday, the weather was gorgeous. Sunday, the weather was gorgeous. So, yeah, it was it was all good, man. So happy birthday, by the way. And yeah, how birthday. does how does 65 feel? It feels like 49, brother. <laughs> so, quick question, Rob. What's what's your vacation? And like, I know we we talk quite a bit, and I don't know, you know, in the damn near three years that you and I have really gotten to know each other, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about a vacation once. Do you vacation at all, or do you just work? Um, well, <laughs> uh, the last time I went on like a real vacation. Because uh, I was supposed to go this year, because my brother and his wife and their kids who are grown now, every year they go down to like the Outer Banks. Okay. And so they go every summer, and so I, three years ago we all went with them. I was supposed to go with them this year. Uh, I had planned to, but then uh, my daughter's summer school thing started that same week, and then. And my son's summer camp was starting that same week. Also, I had to you had to bail at the last minute on them. But other than that, now I now I, I take days off. Okay. Because uh, like because at, at work you know we up we fiscal year from you know up through September thirtieth. So you know the first couple of weeks of October are like basically like 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 yeah you want me to do something right okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, so that's your that's your downtime. Yeah. Um, right. So I usually take a few days, like the second week of October. I usually take that week off. Yeah. Well, you got to move that to November so you can come to Boston for uh, Survivor Series. I'm sorry. Survivor Series. Uh, four games. Yeah, war games. Yeah, I I, I'm working on getting a soundboard together, guys. We're going to have all that available. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, one more quick question, Rob. As a kid, I'm trying to peer pressure this kid. Will you? Will you oh, let, let me let me shut my mouth and back off. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> November War Games. Uh, here's what you and you too, DJ. Obviously. Oh, here's what you need to do. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, you need to make a phone call to Stanford, Connecticut, to one Mr. Jean Paul Levesque, and <laughs> okay. you need to ask him. You need to tell him. That sometime between now and then, there's a certain wrestler who needs to. Oh, okay. okay. All right. He got it out of the gate early this. this yeah, no, I, 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 see, we're I, good. We're I, good. I, 
I just but in all seriousness, yes, if you're gonna have Survivor Series War Games, you gotta have Charlotte Flair. Because I mean, she should be in there just to power bomb somebody through a table or something. Yeah, exactly. She's, I mean, no, she's, if there's any sort of women's war games match, she needs to be in it. Yeah, and um, you are right. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, no. I mean, uh, well, yeah. Look, you know what? Yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna make a trip up to Boston, I I, I will make the trip up to Boston and pay the are now going to be ridiculous secondary market ticket prices. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, um, I, I will do that. Um, there you go. You know, uh, for, for the for the right people on the show. Okay. <laughs> um, War games in and of itself isn't enough to sell Rob. The well, queen has to be present. Well, all right, because I mean, in, well, in you know, in Roman also. I mean, if, if Roman is standing on the outside while Solo, Sammy, and the Usos are in the War Games, that's not going to be. Any- Right. I mean, I feel like he'll have it. at least have a match. You might I think, think for the and we can talk more about war games later, but I think for the inaugural main roster debut of war games, you have to have a flair and you have to have a Rhodes. Yep. Think, you think about it. It'll be six months. They're going to shoot him up with the tranquilizer. Think about it. It will be six months since he had his. See, I thought about this the other day. It's been six months. Just made war games. Yes, yes. Yes. Holy you, shit. How did I not put this together? He oh, had his, absolutely coming back at war games. Brother, I put this together. This is the shit I think about while I'm on vacation. I think about what am I going to talk about, about the, on the podcast? No, not <laughs> let me have some drinks. Let me spend some time with my girlfriend. Let me eat some nice food. No, no, no. What am I going to talk about with my pals on Wednesday night on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast? And the first thing that popped in my head was war games. I'm doing the mental math. I pulled a total rob. I started running numbers. I'm like, okay, he had his surgery at hell right after Hell in the Cell, which was in May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Holy shit, that's six months. Yeah. I'm like, this this mother effort, you watch it. You watch. There's going to be oh, – he honestly – I could see him if even if he's not fully fully healed, but if he's like cleared to do something, I could yeah. see him popping in and just doing something, and then going back into the cave for. And how Cody Rhodes would it be if let's let's just fan book for a second? It's the Bloodline versus a team, <clears throat> okay? Anybody, and they can't find that that fifth that fourth or fifth member. They just can't, man. Nobody nobody wants to go against Roman. Nobody wants to deal with the Bloodline. It's too strong. It's too strong. Uh-huh. Only a hero can save us, Jason. And yeah. who is that hero? The Hunter Hearst Homelander <laughs> in all his glory. The grandson of a plumber himself. Yes. Book it, book it, Triple H. Book it. Please. If that dude's even halfway healed, he will limp his way there. He will dra- He will drag his half-healed ass. I didn't even put that together. Out to war games. Remember, you heard it here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. If Cody Rhodes is at more games in November. Yes. And because again, we must stress Dusty Rhodes came up with the idea of war games. Yes. He created the match. Okay. That's probably Dusty's finest contribution to the wrestling industry. That war games is an epic, epic concept, man. Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, he had several good contributions, but that's gotta be up there. Wow. My personal favorite is the war. It's it's my personal favorite, one of my top three personal favorite wrestling concepts ever. And not just WWE or anything like that. 
I have always loved the war games concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, so and, uh, I was going to talk a little bit more about vacation, but Jason and, you know, his uh, wife, Em, they have no kids, so they're constantly hot trotting all over the place. But Jason, what's, <laughs> what's your what's your favorite recent vacation? My favorite recent vacation, I mean, probably, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it, uh, and I'm not just saying it because, you know, I'm on the pod and whatnot, but honestly, it was New York City. It, it, that was an awesome trip, like awesome time with my wife, an amazing time, obviously meeting Rob and going to, you know, the pay-per-view that I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, it was, what was it? Smackdown. It was, yeah. Oh, it was just Smackdown. Yeah. 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 You guys did a live Smackdown. That's right. And I, I sorry, I felt like a pay-per-view because of the edge match, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that no, seriously, because we got to see we got to see some of Ground Zero on 9/11, so that was kind of interesting, and we got to be around the city, and that was just a tons of fun. All right. Well, since I was gone all weekend and I was completely out of the loop, and that was an awesome feeling. I put my phone in the safe, pulled it out every now and then to check the Royal Caribbean app for different things. Kept my phone in the safe, didn't engage with the internet wrestling community, didn't go on Twitter at all, had no access to my pals in the chat, had no clue what was going on. Come home Monday morning to just a wealth of news, at least from the WWE world, one of which we already started talking about, uh, the the uh, announcement that War Games will be debuting on the main roster at Survivor Series this year, but other huge news in the wake of Roman Reigns being on uh, Logan Paul's uh, little podcast, YouTube channel, whatever it is that he does, we now have Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. Guys, how huge is that? Like, let's be realistic. Putting personal feelings, because I, I have very few personal feelings about Logan Paul as it is. Putting those feelings and that bias aside, how huge is this match? It's it's the biggest thing to ever big for them recently anyway in terms of outside exposure that press conference looked like a heavyweight boxing fight like pre pre yeah pre-fight press conference for like two heavyweight boxers it was insane bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So, and yeah, I mean, um, it was. It was something like right out of like, you know, and holy uh, like Jason said in terms of exposure outside exposure this is the biggest match of 
sorry, wrestling nerd, but that's what it is. Um, because Logan Paul's audience is mostly, I'll dare say they are mostly not wrestling fans. And, but there are people, there are people who pay attention to him. So now he's bringing, he's bringing the wrestling, the world of professional wrestling to his following. And, you know, so these folks, they're going to, yes, they're going to be paying attention to Paul, but they are also, they're going to get to see Roman Reigns. And this could hope, I mean, this can open entirely new doors for him and for other people who are on the show. Uh, you know, depending on whether or not, you know, the, you know, because, I mean, if the Logan Paul fans, if they, you know, if they tune in for his match and on, I'm imagining some of them will. But there'll be at least a few who check out at least some of the rest of it. Maybe they'll like some of what they see there. Um, it was probably the biggest kind of outreach to outside the wrestling that become time. Now they've made attempts, right? Um, you know, like the Kane Velasquez thing. They were trying to branch over into a crowd with that when he had Lesnar, Tyson Fury, same thing that, you know, that, um, yeah, I mean, now, the Bad Bunny thing worked for last year, uh, I don't, not know how that translated in, watched the shows. Hey, Rob, I just want to let you know you're cutting out a bit, buddy. I don't know if you're hearing that on your end, Jason. Oh, can y'all hear me okay now? <laughs> I was just trying to much better. I was okay. just trying to I was just trying to DM you and be like, hey, uh, is this on my end? Sorry. Okay. okay. All right. So um well, okay, so just repeat myself. This is the biggest outreach to outside the wrestling bubble. Like so they've tried before and not successful, you know, King Velasquez, Tyson Fury. The bad bunny thing went really well in two thousand twenty one. And now but even that, that was kind of a, hey, you know, that was kind of a, hey, Bad Bunny fans, look at Bad Bunny over here in this wrestling match. Um, this is more of, like, full-blown outreach because Logan Paul is a signed WWE wrestler now. So he will be coming back to do more pay-per-views. So this is a more, this is a bigger kind of outreach to outside the wrestling bubble. Let me ask you something, Rob. Yeah. Where does this stack... Is it bigger than or is it on the same level as Austin and Tyson? Because when I think of exposure, that's the first thing that I thought of. Like, this is at least as big as that. It, it may be this generation's Austin Tyson. I guess we won't know. Well, now, it depends. I guess we, we won't know until it's finished. Because, you know, with, with Austin and Tyson, do because TV, you know, Watching people, people watching TV, like it got on the TV. You know, Logan Paul is largely an internet, you know, celebrity. Um, so we don't know what kind of penetration as far as getting on TV this will be, right? Because I mean, when Mike Tyson came out. Mike Tyson, they were all on Sports Center. They were on other. I'm sure, they were probably on some of the morning talk shows or whatever. I mean, it was all over the place. 
um, and that's because but Mike Tyson's been all over television. Um, bald, not really. Um, he has, <laughs> you know, he has the YouTube thing and all of that going. So it'll be a big deal there. Yeah, it's just a matter. But will it get on the television and reach people? You know, who still mainly watch TV? Um, that's kind of the million dollar question. Um, if it, I would wager a bet that Logan Paul's core audience is are not big TV watchers. And that's the thing, right? And exactly. So because people knew Mike Tyson from television. I mean, all his early fights were on Wild World of Sports, and you know he was. And when he had bigger fights, they you know they were ESPN. The highlights were on ESPN. He was talked about on regular channel you know, news and all of that. Um, that's not Logan Paul's deal. Logan Paul is largely internet, again, YouTube, internet type of celebrity. Um, so I don't know that this is going to penetrate out into that far out. No, it's, it'll get on Sports Center, sure. And his brother, because his brother uh, Jake is fighting Anderson Silva, I think, like the same weekend or the weekend before. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So this is like a, you know, this is like a big, you know, Paul brother extravaganza. <laughs> weekends. It's Paulomania. Yeah. Right, and um, so I mean, it'll, so it's definitely going to get out there. Uh, we just don't know. If it's gonna, you know, reach over into the world of people, people our age and older, basically, who mainly watch television, um, we don't, we don't know how far it's gonna get there. Um, but you know, look, I mean, Roman probably get to go on Jimmy Fallon again to, um, he, you know, he might get on Good Morning America again to promote it. He'll, he'll get some TV spots, likely between now and November to push it. So you never know. Um, yeah. But but it's potentially as big as the Tyson, or as important as the Tyson. <clears throat> potentially. Yeah. So Jason, what are your expectations of the match? Are you looking for a, a good match? Do you think Logan's? I mean, he, obviously he's shown he can go, but Roman is a much different dance partner than the Miz. Yes. Absolutely, because what's what's one of Miz and Roman's most indispensable skills is their ability to quarterback a match. That that is why they do what they do. That is why they're where where they are where they are. They can they can walk they can walk most folks through a match, even you know size disparity and whatnot. Not um, even with those things. So, and Logan Paul does a better Three Amigos than Eddie Guerrero's own son. So, sorry, Dom, but it, yeah. like, that's, that's wild that that dude can, can do a flawless Three Amigos. Um, yeah, so I think the match will be absolutely five. I, fine, I let, I, it will go no more than 12, I would think. You but think maybe, you, don't, you don't think they'll go more than 12? How long was missing, uh, missing him? What we we did the time on that. That was at least a fifteen minute match, though. Okay. Um, I don't expect them to go Broadway, obviously. But well, yeah, they're not going Broadway. But I'm pretty sure. In and out. I think Rob is pulling the number on that. We'll have that number up in a minute. Um, But yeah, Um, I yeah. I mean, he's already he's sorry. Go ahead, Rob. It was just just fourteen minutes and well, fourteen minutes and fifteen seconds. Of course, that's not. So I was close on the fifteen minute mark. Okay. 
definitely in and out of there in 20 minutes, less than. Um, but yeah, and he's done all the, I mean, he just ha- he makes you want to punch him in the face, you know. Uh, he does all that, and I'm and I'm just gonna throw up my hands and and like just want to reach through the internet and start throttling people when they're just like, oh, why do they do this stuff? Why do they do this stuff? I am here because of Stephen Amell, who is a C-list actor at best. No offense, Stephen, I love you to death. I am here because of Stephen Amell. I am doing a friggin' podcast just because of one guy who plays a superhero on TV said, hey, I'm going to be on Monday Night Raw. Here I am. Logan Paul has a billion times the reach that guy does. Yes, they're going to pick up viewers. Yes, they're going to pick up fans. Yes, they're going to pick up psychos who get engaged at WrestleMania. It's going to happen, folks. And the match is going to be awesome because we've already seen Logan can go. And obviously, we need no more accolades for the greatest of all time. On the the, other- the, 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 P, the PWI Top 500, number one wrestler this year, the Tribal Chief, oh. Roman Reigns. Uh, Logan Paul, man, I, like you said, I, and I've talked about this on this podcast, I give the guy nothing but credit. He takes it serious, which for me is a prerequisite with any celebrity who gets involved in this. Is one of the things about the aforementioned Stephen Amell that I appreciated. The guy took it seriously. He's he's a fan, but he's he's not just a fan who wanted to get in the ring. He's a fan that took it seriously and didn't go out there for the out of respect for the business. He didn't go out there and look like shit. And Logan Paul's the same thing. The guy because there's been a lot of celebrities come in and you know they'll put in a little bit of work, but it's very obvious that they don't have the passion for it. And I'm not expecting everybody to be you know the, this work rate Brian Danielson you know, AJ Styles type of wrestler, but at least look like you give a damn. And Logan Paul gives a damn. He gives a damn about making himself look good, about not looking like a complete fool on TV. And you know what? I'm here for it. Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. And, you know, you're doing it in a place where you know no one's going to boo the shit out of it. So. Right. And uh, if you're like, why why do it? Okay. It's. Is okay. It's in November. Now it's September right now. Roman is not working. Um, those of you who are pickers about him defending the title and whatnot, um, he's getting another title defense and not doing this. Also, do you? I mean, do you want him to beat somebody else? Right? I mean, you want him to, to put down yet another person? You know, yeah, well, how many more of your favorites does what? he have to put in the mud? I mean, Not too many people are going to shed a tear if he pins Logan Paul in, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Right. I yeah. mean, Me- meanwhile, let him pin John Gargano, and, well, you're going to have a whole bunch of angry folks. Again. I mean, right. I mean, we can run through the list of people. I mean, like, would I want him to beat Bobby Lashley there? Hell no. Okay. I mean, it, look, if he... If he defends against Bobby and beats him, then doesn't you know? I either want that to be WrestleMania or SummerSlam. I don't want that to be there. Um, if you know, I, do y'all want another throwaway match with Braun Strowman? Is that what y'all want? Eh, their matches are really good. They are, <laughs> Braun yes. Strowman wants it. Oh well, yeah, but 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 we know <laughs> what's going to we we know what's going to happen. He's going to beat Braun, and then we're going to hear the same old stuff. 
Oh man, Braun just came back and they already buried him. Yeah. And, I mean, let me let me pose a question here, and this goes in line with um, Drew McIntyre losing in front of his hometown crowd at Clash of the Castle. Obviously, Logan Paul is not in his hometown in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. However, if a fraction of his 27 million followers are watching, and that's the audience that you're trying to court, how do you book that? Because obviously, he's not pinning Roman. At least I. My my nerd hat is telling me he's not pinning Roman. Is this a is this a non finish? Can we talk about the one percent of me that's a little? You're skeptical. One percent. And honestly, it's it's just because it's WWE. You never truly know how these things are gonna go. You think you know, and then they do something that you're like, holy shit, you madmen. So. I don't know. Like, okay. Keep in mind, you're trying to court these people. Are you going to have their guy that they're tuning in to see? Yeah, that that's the question mark in the air, man. I mean, it's actually what makes it so cool. Well, no, so you no, need to give them something. It's real. Simple. You do need to give them something because right, wrong, or indifferent, the dude did go 12 rounds with Floyd Mayweather and never went down. Like, that's insane. So you got to give him, you, I, I almost think you do have to give him some sort of accomplishment. It's obviously not going to be beating the guy, but I don't know. But yeah, so that 1% of me is just like. Well, no, he can, uh, just, no, he, uh, he just, you know, you do, you do a, you know, Rocky, a Creed kind of thing, except Roman actually wins. It's not a, and uh, he gets the shit beat out of him. Keeps taking it. He keeps taking it. He keeps taking it. He doesn't. And then he fights back a little bit. He gets the shit beat out of him some more, and he fights back, and Roman thinks he hasn't beaten, and he keeps kicking out, you know, and it's like in the first Rocky movie when Mickey is like, stay down, just stay down, and, and you know, he's telling Rocky, just stay down, don't get back up anymore, and, you know, Rocky got back up. Um, it'll be like that. He just beats the shit out of him, and he keeps getting up, and then, you know, he gets a little bit of offense in. You do get thing in there towards the end, and then... All he look. All he has to do is, so you know, take a beating, and get a few shots in, and put up a valiant effort, and that's it. That's all he has to do. Rocky One is a great reference because I, I think you're onto something there. Because at the end of Rocky One, you remember, technically Apollo won the match, but Rocky won that fight. I think you can do something similar with Logan Paul here. And incidentally, that movie contains one of my all-time favorite movie quotes at the end of that fight when they hug it out. And Apollo looks at him and says, there ain't going to be no rematch. Yeah, and then Rocky's like, I don't want one. <laughs> don't want one. That that exchange, like right now, legit goosebumps, man. I get goosebumps every time I see that scene. And and that's all you got to do. I mean, because remember, um, like his, I mean, Logan Paul's fans are tuning in to see if he gets killed. They're not. I mean, they're not tuning in to like, oh, our guy's going to win the championship. They're they're tuning in to see if he survives. That's why. Look, that's why they tune in and watch the Floyd Mayweather thing to see if Mayweather killed him or not, right? Um, they weren't going in there hoping that he would beat Floyd Mayweather. They wanted. They were hoping that he would survive, and and that's all he's got to do. Um, you know, he doesn't have to win anything. Um, 
all, all he has to do is survive. And yeah. and because this is a works wrestling match, they can lay the match out perfect so that you know that he gets the dog shit beat out of him for most of the match, still hangs on and hangs on and hangs on, and then finally gets put down. I mean, got to make know. Logan Paul look strong, pal. <laughs> the ultimate. Oh, God, I hate that phrase. <laughs> I'm over, he, ain't, he ain't flying over there to get, to get beaten ten seconds. I mean, <laughs> uh, but but you know that's all you got to do, right? It's just he because I mean there is a you know I mean he's there because it's not like like Miz is a, a more believable opponent of him like beating right. I mean, you put it when he and Roman square off from each other when the bell rings, it's gonna be like, oh my God, this guy's meat. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. And all he and so it's just gonna be about surviving, and and he takes if he can take a twelve to fifteen minute beating and keep kicking out, keep kicking out, get to the ropes, you know, when Roman puts him in the guillotine the first time, you know, and then get a couple of shots in, you know, and and then finally get put down. That that's and you can make that it just a theatrical thing and just and it'll be perfect it'll be a, a outstanding spectacle and then everybody comes out and then because all he has because it's the, i mean it's the same logic with rocky rocky just said i want to go the distance and you know logan paul just i want to survive yeah right? and yeah you know, that's it that's all he has to do is i want to survive and he goes and that's all he's got to do and it's not going to be a 50-50 match, it, right? And it, he's not going to, you know, and or anything. But all he's got to do is survive and and look and good and look good at. They did lay it out pretty well, and they're already doing what they did with Cena. Um, with they, because Cena, you know, talked the talk. He was like, Roman, I don't have to out fight you. I don't have to, you know, out strong you or whatever, whatever. I just have to pin you. One, two. Three. And they kept that thing going, kept that thing going. So obviously every time Cena went for a roll-up, your heart was in your throat and all that stuff. They're doing the same thing. All it takes, Roman, is one lucky shot. Okay. So clearly at towards the end of the match, he's going to land the one lucky shot. Roman's going to go down like a sack of potatoes and kick out at 2.999999999. And it's going to be awesome. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Hold on. Can we talk about my favorite side plot of the whole Crown Jewel thing? Let's do that. So, at the pay-per-view where Drew McIntyre got pantsed in front of the, hit the home team, which was hilarious, Solo Sokoa shows up, and he joins the bloodline, and he helps Roman win. Okay. Next week on SmackDown. Uh, so, he shows up uh, next week on SmackDown. Uh, and then he, then next, the next NXT, there is a mystery opponent or web, uh, there's a web poll. Who's going to be uh, Carmelo Hayes' opponent? You know, somebody, I forget who wins the poll. They get taken out of that back. Solo Sokoa becomes the opponent. Solo Sokoa Wes- wins. Wesley was the one. Wesley, that won the poll. that's right. Thank you. And he was the one I voted for, by the way. Um, so, uh, sorry, Wes, I, I accidentally caught you a beating there. Um, but anyway, uh, so and then Solo Sokoa wins the North American Championship, and he goes to does, uh, goes to SmackDown with the North American Championship. He goes to you know uh, Las Vegas to do the press conference with the Bloodline with the North American Championship, 
the next day on on the next uh, excuse me NXT, he has to relinquish it because of, you know triple uh, Sean made it made sense in terms of hey you weren't on the poll it was dude you know the match was sanctioned but it was kind of an accident I don't know you have to give up the title because you're on SmackDown now anyway so give me the title and. Obviously, no, uh, Carmelo Hayes, you do not just get it back because he did pin your ass. So now it's going to be a seven-person seven ladder match for the North American Championship at, I believe, Halloween Havoc. So they did all that, all that nonsense, just so Solo Sokoa is holding a belt in the pictures at the press conference. You will never convince me of anything else. And the dude even had side plates. You know what the beauty of that is? No one will say it. The specter of Vince McMahon lives. Because that is some Vince McMahon bullshit right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. And honestly, it it works. Like, Sammy, Sammy, even an an idiot like Normie, can look at the picture of the bloodline and look at Sammy and go, oh, he's the goofy white dude hanger on. Like, okay, fine. But literally, so Jay and Jimmy are sitting there with two belts. Roman's sitting there with two belts. Yeah, Solo would look kind of goofy just sitting there with just a t-shirt on. So yeah, yeah. throw belts on him for the for the the picture. The, the normies don't know the difference. They probably that, still that's, in, that's incredible. That was amazing. I and all anyone bitching about it or complaining about it, whatever, man. Carmelo Hayes is either going to win that thing right back, or that dude is on to bigger and better things. So I'm not worried about that dude at all. And yeah. That was so wrestling and so you're right. Jay. <laughs> that's every reason why we watch this crap. You're you're totally right. That's such a Vince move. <laughs> so moving on here a little bit, we started talking a little bit of war games earlier uh, earlier in the show, and you know it's that was part of the big announcement that I missed over the weekend, being out of town, and being on vacation. That's pretty huge. We've talked about that on this show before. When the day comes that Vince McMahon steps down and Triple H takes over creative, we always thought that this would be one of the first things he would bring into the fold. We've wanted it for years. War Games is an amazing concept, and it's, quite frankly, given the type of match that it is, it's custom made for Survivor Series. So before NXT started doing it, when was the last War Games? Man. Um, it was 1998. I... So it was WCW. Yes. It was, well, there's been some indie promotions that have done a version of it oh, yeah. over the years, but the last one that no. we're going to actually count was in WCW. Okay, so you owning the War Games gimmick from, like, what was it, 2003 on, and then not using it until what was that, like 2017, 18? You sitting on that gimmick, you should be brought to wrestling jail. But, dude, that's a Vinceism. Vince wants his fingerprint on it. And that, like we talked earlier in the show, that was 100% Dusty Rhodes. And there's nothing you can do to improve upon that formula. And the problem with Vince is Vince would try and would be some convoluted, overbooked mess. And I'm not trying to dump on Vince. You know, we've, you know, been supportive of Vince's. Vinceisms over the years, but I just fully believe that there was no way Vince was going to bring that to his audience in in a way that was going to satisfy those of us that grew up watching war games as it was. Triple H will because he's trying to pay respects not only to 
what he's doing now, but the history of the business as it is in the war games it is an absolutely crucial part of pro wrestling history. And yeah, and look, I mean, Triple H is an NWA nerd like me and you are. <laughs> I mean, he is. I mean, um, just just don't bring back the scaffold matches, okay? <laughs> just oh god, don't no, do that no scaffold matches, please. <laughs> um, but, leave, um, leave out the scaffold. Here's my list: the scaffold matches, the World War Three. Yeah, and the, uh, what was it, the Tower of Terror? What the hell was that stacked cage oh, Tower match? of Doom. That Tower was, of Doom, Tower that, of Doom. Oh, that was horrible. Leave those three in the freaking storage bin, buddy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but um, who'd be crazy enough to go up on the scaffold now? <laughs> Seth Rollins would do it without thinking about it. Kevin Owens wouldn't even give it a second thought. Get, they get, both yeah, be like, yeah, we'll do that. Well, I think, well, I think, uh, yeah, Congratulations, Kevin, you got the match, Rob. Yeah, Kevin would definitely go up there. He, yeah, he 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 would absolutely go. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it's it's now you know the question now that of course the questions are okay. We're gonna have team or five person Um, because on the one hand, I mean, you got five for the bloodline right there. That's easy. But for the women, you know, if you're going to get five, you got to get two more people. And, you know, maybe, well, I mean. Charlotte makes one. Yeah. And uh, I think if we go by what happened Friday, I mean, Damon's control, they beat down Raquel Rodriguez. I could see her joining Bianca and and them. Sure. Um, And the question is, if Charlotte's in the match, what team do you put her on? Because... You know, I could see her. I, mean, I could see a couple of scenarios. One is just she's a heel, so she sides with the heel. Um, you know, that's the easiest. Uh, but the other one is. The uh, match. Yeah, I don't see her joining or joining an actual faction. Unless, well, not join. They wouldn't. She wouldn't be joining it. But I don't even see her like helping out a faction unless she was the leader. But I could easily see her be, being on the other side of it, being like, "Okay, you idiots, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take control here. I'm gonna be the captain of the cheer squad, and we're gonna, we're gonna take care of this." Or she'll, or, she'll, or she'll, you know, she'll pull the old double cross and walk out on them, like, at, towards the end of the match. Which, or that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could totally fit her character. I mean, um, you know, she because I mean, kayfabe, she has no use for Bailey. So it's not like she'd be in any hurry to join up with them. Um, yeah, that was going to be something I was going to say. She has no loyalty to damage control. Like, right. in kayfabe, none. Right. And, um, but she, you know, she and Asuka have just like each other. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, now, of course, you know, she, now we don't know what other matches they're going to have on the card. So, I mean, they're not going to have just two matches, obviously. So, um, who knows? Um, and maybe they have the elimination matches for other matches on the card. Do you, do you think that might make the whole thing a bit exhausting, though? Because yeah, the, the War Games match is designed to at least go 20 minutes each. Because it's, what, 60 seconds or... 120 seconds in between each person coming in. If you've got teams yeah. of 10, 
there's 20 minutes right there of just people getting in the ring, and then the match starts. Well, all right, well it all depends because the, the the ones Dusty booked, once everybody was in there, they weren't they weren't in there very long. They might yeah they, they weren't even in there five minutes once everybody got in. Um, but now those ones, those some of those NXT ones, they were 35, 40 minutes and. Um, Hunter, I love you, brother, but it, I swear if you book some damn 40 minute war games match, me and you're gonna have a problem. Okay, <laughs> okay. Rob, will, Rob will be there, so he can march right back to the gorilla, Hunter. So, you know, if, if you guys are both there, that is gonna be one interesting podcast episode that following Wednesday night, yeah. especially if he goes Broadway in either one of those matches. Because, oh my god, um, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm not, um. I'm, I'm not here for minutes of war games where everybody should be dead and you still got 10 more minutes to go, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's not do that, Hunter, okay? Well, why don't we take a little side road while we're on the subject of war games because this is something that came up on my timeline today and it actually, you know, Triple H made a comment about it. If you think back to the inception of war games and its history, particularly with, you know, WCW, not necessarily talking about the NXT War Games, it's historically been a very bloody match. And there have been some instances where most, if not all, the competitors in those matches were bleeding like crazy. I'm, you know, vivid memories of Arn Anderson and Steve Austin bleeding all over the place. Um, you know, Tully Blanchard bleeding all over the place. Dusty, obviously, you know, you flick him in the forehead and he busts wide open. Yeah. Um, the, the, obviously, people start going, oh, are we going to have blood? You know, t- because the, the no-bleed rule in WWE was a Vince edict. It was laid down by Vince with people not quite understanding why he laid that edict down. A lot of people, again, fan masturbating that Triple H may let these guys get in there, get violent, and bleed a little bit. And at least on the surface, Triple H shut that down recently. He said, I don't see any reason for there to be any blood. I see no reason to move backwards and we're moving forwards on this. Um, let's talk about that. The, you know, the bleeding in pro wrestling, just kind of in general, not necessarily as it pertains to war games, but <clears throat> I, I've always been in the mindset where there is a line where there's too much. Like, do I enjoy seeing blood in a match? In the context of the match, yes. And somebody made a point, and I forget who it was on Twitter, Steve Austin and Bret Hart doesn't hit the same if the visual of Steve Austin in the sharpshooter leaking like a sieve, trying desperately to get out of it before he passes out. That doesn't hit the same if he's not busted wide open. Um, Same thing with Roman and Brock with the Crimson Mask. At WrestleMania 34, that, listen, I had just got engaged to the love of my life. And I was about to watch my hero vanquish his demon, and that did not happen. However, the blood red mask, although I like freaked out at the time, it did make the pill a lot easier to swallow, frankly. And it, it yeah. added to the, the story because it was like, no, the dude literally had to sit on top of Roman Reigns and cut his forehead open for him to go down. So, right. yeah, I, I, I'm, I think I've said this just whenever the subject of blood comes up. I never ever absolutely need need it in a match, um, but I'd be lying to tell it, it to you if blood didn't enhance a few of those moments. Right, it, it should be for a moment, and not you know in, in contrast with AEW, 
we've joked on this show because, you know, sometimes Jason, Rob, or whoever our guest host is that week will have AEW playing in the background. And there was one time by 8.03, John Moxley was busted open. By 8.04, another night, I think like Hangman was busted open. I mean, we're literally three minutes into the show, and then you've got multiple people cutting themselves open, you know, on these matches. And to me, at this point, any any color used in a match should be used as an attraction. For those instances, like the Steve Austin thing, like the Roman Reigns, like Brock at Madison Square Garden when Roman busted him open with the stairs. It punches so much harder when it happens so infrequently, and so many people just miss that nuance. Same thing with Roman uh, busting Brock open at uh, 31. He busted yeah. him in the first like two minutes, and I'm not—I'm still not sure it was an—it might have been an accident, but still, it—it right. it just like, holy shit, he could win this thing. And that was the look. Roman had the look on his face like a shark that smelled blood in the water. Yep. He's like, wait a minute, he's busted. What? What was it? Uh, Rocky, Rocky Four. He's, he's cut. cut. He's cut. As we go to the Rocky, the Rocky reference again. The you know, is cut. So those moments are what make it. But, Rob, I know you've got a lot of thoughts about the blood in the matches. Yeah. Um, like you said, there, there, there's a time and place for it. Um, and you know, look, if it happens hard way, I'm, you know, that's fine. And I would not even don't I wouldn't even cut away the camera if I mean. But again, there, you know, there's such thing as doing it too much. It shouldn't happen very often. And now within. Now, another thing, but within the context of, like, being in a cage where you're, you know, scraping people against the fence and everything, somebody should be bleeding, right? Um, <laughs> so there, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Or, and... I I hate to tell you guys that if you put 10 grown, grown women or 10 grown men in a cage and say, hey, beat the bejesus out of each other, they'd be blood, there'd be blood pretty quickly, guys. Yeah, and that's... So that's the thing. Under this type of circumstance, and the fact that it's not going to be on television, it's going to be on uh, pay per view. Um, I think it's fine to have some. I'm not for people gigging themselves. 2022. No, right? we don't need it. Especially in front of the camera, Mr. Jericho. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's not as do that. He's currently in a match with Claudio for the ROH Championship, and I'm I'm waiting for one of them to get busted open. Yeah, but um, you know, let's not do, you know, it's just, you know, uh, we don't need that. Um, nope. We shouldn't be afraid of it if somebody gets cut during a match hard way. We shouldn't be afraid. Of it. Um, and again, during certain moments, yeah, it like like y'all said the Austin thing, um. You know, during the I Quit match between Magnum and Tully Blanchard, you know, they were bleeding and that added to it. Yeah. But it doesn't... Hey, here's one. Becky Lynch. That wasn't a match. Well, that was... <laughs> and it was an accident, and it was... Oh, but it was an accident, and it was, you know... And they turned it into an iconic moment. It turned into an iconic moment in image, exactly. They sold t-shirts based on that shit. Exactly. Oh, loser. Oh my god! They sold. I mean, they sold T-shirts to kids. Yeah, <laughs> based on that image. 
Yeah, kids, you can, you, can, you can be a sore loser and get punched in the face. Look what happened. Oh, God, with him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're all very pro. We're not pro-blood. We're just, you know. It we're can, not anti-blood. Exactly. Yeah. It is how I would hard way. Yeah, it's, it, it ain't that way. You know, it was a really gruesome hard way. Do you remember the um, the Inter- Intercontinental Championship ladder match between Dolph Ziggler and Rest in Peace Brody Lee, Luke Harper at the time? I remember the match. I, that might have man. Been. Dolph got busted. I don't know. He I don't know whether he posted himself in the corner or he hit one of the ladders wrong. But we're talking full crimson mask, hard way blood to the point where the ref was like. Wiping it off. It was man. It was rough. It was brutal looking. Did they go home pretty quickly after that, or did no? He, they kept going. They still. If I, if it's been a few years, we're going back about five years or so now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was about halfway through the match. Yeah. And they probably won another five or ten minutes after. And then, um, then there was the one um, that match at SummerSlam between Pac and Randy Orton. That that was intentional, but that was pretty gruesome. Um, like, I mean, that was the one where people, some people thought Brock had, you know, went in business for himself. Yeah, allegedly people in the back thought so too. Oh, Jericho did. Jericho ran up, you know, he, you know, he started yelling at Brock backstage, you know, because he thought that, you know, Brock had gone, yeah, it was just doing whatever the hell he wanted. And supposedly Brock was just looking at him like, I mean, <laughs> like, it's like, what do you, what exactly do you plan on doing, man? I have zero doubt that Jericho is genuinely a tough dude. The thought of him running up on Lesnar just makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, All right. it, it has its place, but don't don't overdo it and save it for, like, really special times. Right. I will say this. if And I predicted this at the beginning of the show. If Cody Rhodes ends up in there, there will be blood. Oh, absolutely. He's going to look like a Chucky if doll. If Cody Rhodes ends up in, in the War Games match, there will be blood. Yeah, a Rhodes, a Rhodes goes in and a Chucky comes out. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's good stuff. All right. So what else we got on the agenda tonight, guys? We've been kind of just calling it in the ring here, and we blew through everything we talked about in the uh, – in the, the, the pre-show warm-up, the little huddle that we had there. Uh, anything else going on of note? Uh, well, we had a little um, some internet stupidity today. Oh, yeah, the Lash Legend stuff. I forgot we did talk about that in the huddle. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so one of these morons, uh, I, 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 I don't want to. So, someone at thefrightful.com. Yeah. We can we can say it. Yeah. Um, said that you know, Lash Legend should not be on television. Mm. He's not TV ready. And now you know. Um, and she got ratioed to hell, and she ended up just coward. Look, if you're gonna if, if look if you're gonna put some trash take out there on Twitter, you should take your ratio pride. All right. Yeah. Because if you're going to do that type of job and make yourself as high profile as Fightful is, you better have the courage to back your convictions. We are a nowhere, no one 
dropping an ocean of wrestling podcasts podcast and i have never backed down or deleted a thing that we have said on this show that was either wrong or rub somebody the wrong way and if we've had to defend it we've defended it on the show and if we were wrong we admitted it yeah and um so now this is but there's more to this than just one person having a super okay um legend has been a target of idiots on the internet and like first big case instance happening was in some match on NXT level up. And she did an elbow drop that apparently some people thought was bad. And I, it, it didn't look bad to me. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest elbow drop ever or anything. But it, I mean, to me, it didn't look like anything you get up in arms about. And yet a bunch of people went nuts. And well, nothing because she was in there with a uh, Saray and. Uh, yeah. And, and darling. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, in that, I think that's what did it. That's what turned. Well, that's what turned it into more than just people like laughing at it or, or legit outrage. They thought she was trying to hurt Saray or something, you know. And, and from there on out, it's just been, you know, she's been a target by some of these people, and you know they will tell you that she's terrible and she doesn't belong on, and that she should not be there, all of this kind of stuff. And that's horseshit. I mean, I'm sorry that like, there are, not to take shots at the root show, but there's literally like highlight reel making bad dives and all types of shit, right? And and these are people who've actually been wrestling for a while. Um, she has not. She's been wrestling for like a year, and she. I don't think she has. I don't think she has 50 matches. Um, and she came in completely cold, by the way. Like, she was not out here working the indies or whatever. Um, she wasn't somebody's kid who got brought up around the industry. Right. Like, a fan? No, I don't think so. She was a, she was a college basketball player. She was a really good college basketball player. And then she got drafted in WNBA. And that didn't basically, you know, that was kind of where her basketball journey ended, you know, which is no different than in who try football and they get to an NFL training camp and that's where it ends for them. And they go into the wrestling business. So it's no different. And, but that's it. And yeah, so there are a couple of things that work. One, that's part of it because, you know, she, she doesn't have the proper pedigree to be in the wrestling business. Oh, I mean, can I be the one to say what the giant part is? The other giant part is. Oh, well, well, do you, do you want to say the quiet part out loud, I'm, Jason? I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm just. You know, <laughs> just, you know, just I think we all need to. Re- we all recognize the actual elephant in the room, guys. Yeah, I'm getting. Uh, we're all thinking it. I'm we're just waiting I'm, on Rob to say it. I'm taking exactly. And I'm well. Okay, then look. look you know what? Like, 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 no, 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 no need the pussyfoot around here. Right. No. All right, she's a dark-skinned black woman, and she is, Boom. and she is grimming with self-confidence, which she should be because she was a professional athlete. Okay, Hell she, yes, she has literally been more successful in athletics than damn near everybody on NXT 2.0. All right, so 
she should be full of self-confidence okay in fact i mean if you want to be if you're going to look at just the women's side of the roster the only people who are more accomplished than her athletically were ronda rousey because she was in the olympics and she fought in the ufc and then bianca belair was a you know track all-american okay that's it Right. Okay. No. Okay. So she is more accomplished athletically than everybody else there, except those two. And you could even, and her and Bianca, it's, you know, you can argue because, you know, Ash Legend was a star. She was a, you know, star, like all SEC or something, basketball player or whatever. Yeah. And I don't think there's any professional running circuit. No, there's like there's no. college and then there's, Whatever you decide to do after you get done running in college. Olympic trials. Olympic trials. But even then, like Kurt Angle talked about in his in his autobiography, he's like, okay, excuse me. You know, I did the the, the collegiate thing. I did the Olympics. And then he's like, then what? There's there's no pro amateur wrestling. Yeah, Bianca's journey got to its end, and it's either, okay, go to the U.S. women's national team and go to nationals and go to the Olympics, or that's the end of the road. Right. Yeah, at least Lash was professional with the WNBA. Right, and that's, yep. so you can argue, you know, you can argue semantics or whatever with both of them, but it's those two and then, you know, Ronda Rousey above all, because, again, she went to the Olympics, she medaled in the Olympics, and she was fighting champion. Okay, but that's it. Okay, so yeah, she should be full of self-confidence. And, you know, dark-skinned black women who are full of self-confidence rub certain people the wrong way. I see a lot of parallels with her and Naomi in that respect. Naomi ate a lot of shit about eight, I'd say about eight, even as soon as like four years ago, but most most notably after she came out of the Funkodactyl phase and was... kind of transitioning into what became the glow. Naomi ate a lot of shit. And and they they stood they stood on the the pedestal of she doesn't do the moves good, but it was much deeper than that. Well because she still eats a lot of shit. We can we can even go as recently as this would be the whole Naomi and Sasha leaving thing would have been covered and received fundamentally differently if it was Bailey and Charlotte. For yeah. you know uh, reasons we are talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, also, yeah. don't even have to go back that far, man. And also, I mean, and well, look how many of these stories were. When is Sasha coming back? Yep. You know. Yeah. Sasha walked out. <laughs> I mean, how many yeah. stories? I mean, so Naomi is still eating a lot of shit today. Yeah. All right. Um. And. It should be Same. noted that she may not have been pro, but Naomi is a top-level elite athlete. Yes. And uh, Oh, my God. Chris Jericho is the Ring of Honor world champion. God bless. Oh my God. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> yep. They did the distracted ref nut shot, nut shot deal. Oh, oh my God. 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 You know what? No, you know what? King, he... All hail the king of the carnies. That guy... You know, this, this man has taken kissing the boss's ass and and winning from to an all new level. My God, hey, and he keeps winning. So, oh my God. Jesus <laughs> Christ! 
Andy, well, you know, I'm not even giving them another minute airtime on this show. Back to Lash Legend. Back to Lash Legend. Sorry. I just, I had this image of Chris Jericho holding the, the Ring of Honor World Championship on my TV, oh my and I thought I was in some sort of fever dream. Jesus Christ. No, no. They showed, they definitely showed Cesaro where his ceiling was. Yep. Um, Boom. I, I got into a, a brief discussion on Twitter, and uh, Rob, I don't even know if you were part of this. When you look at, okay, Lash is still very green in the ring. And I've seen some of her ring work, and I'm like, okay, there definitely needs to be some spit and, spit and polish on here. But there's also a diamond in the rough as far as her ring work goes. Uh, does she have a natural aptitude for it? Not necessarily. Not like Bianca. Bianca just took to it like a fish to water. Not everybody does that. Not every elite athlete takes to it like a fish to water. But Lash definitely has some, there, there's some, you can hone that into something. When I look at just her technical in-ring ability. Now, she's always going to move like a big girl because she's what, six, six one, six two. Uh, she's, well, just, I see, I've seen six or six. She is, she's tall. She's tall. Yeah. So she's not going to be out here doing little girl stuff. And she's going to be doing big power moves, which is the stuff she needs to be working on. But when you put aside the, the, the ring work for a minute, and again, keeping in mind that she's been in the business for a year, she has a little over three dozen actual matches under her belt. The rest of the package checks off all the boxes for what it takes to get on TV. She's attractive. She's got oodles and oodles of charisma. She looks good on TV, and she can talk. That, that to me, is, is three-quarters of the way there. The ring work will come. And our boss, Greg DeMarco, made a comment, you know, replying to me. He's like, at minimum, she'll become a really good manager for someone. He's like, but the ring work will get there. And when she gets there, Lash Legend is going to be perfectly fine. We fantasy booked some matches with some girls earlier on today. I, I I don't understand. I mean, I get where some of the discourse is coming from. And you can further hammer home that point because so many people give Braun Breaker a free pass. And I like Braun. I think Braun is 100% a future star and a diamond in the rough. But again, we're talking about somebody who's got in the neighborhood of three to four dozen matches under his belt. And it's very obvious that he's not ready to quarterback a match yet. He's not making a lot of mistakes, but it's very obvious that he's still figuring it out. But we're giving him the opportunity but we're gonna come down on we're gonna come down on Lash Legend. No, and I don't think so. Compare their resumes. It's like, sorry if we're being these unkind, uncaring people. Well, sorry, Braun, you should be immediately good at this, man. Right. Because of who your family is, right. and, who and, and we're not saying he's bad. Let me let me make that no. very clear. We are not saying Braun Breaker's bad. I am just saying it is very obvious there is still work to do there, with uh, him. And he, like Lash, is putting in the effort and putting in the work, and they're both going to get there. But we need to treat them both equally. 
Latin, I gotta say, Lash has never been a bad talker when she first did like those talk show segments and stuff I like that. I dug the hell out of those talk show segments. Yeah. But dude, she and but she's only gotten better at it. She's just gotten yeah. better at the, the timing and just being with people in the ring, like say talking with people in the ring. She and so the rest is gonna come, guys. I'm sorry that she doesn't have some sort of natural aptitude, and you need to like stop. You need to stop holding people to like a Bianca Belair standard. Yeah, because she's, she's a generational talent, my friend. Good luck finding another Bianca Belair anytime soon. Right. And, exactly. You know. It's like it's, it's like, well, dang, why aren't any of these guys on the Lakers picking this up as fast as LeBron did? It's like, well, because he's kind of one in a billion, man. Yeah. And and, and uh, one last thing, she's on the developmental show. That. Yeah. And and she debuted on the developmental show, developmental show, level yes. up. And let, let me just add to that, okay, because one thing, you know, on our Twitter timelines, a lot of people projecting. Rob, you're coming in really soft, man. I can't hear you. Okay. All right, can you hear me now? Yep. That's a little better. Okay. Um, how's this? Is it better now? Yeah. Good. Okay. All right, because well, one thing that's been happening on um, people are already projecting a lot of people in our clip. Now you oh. just cut out, brother. All right, hold on, let me let me pull the headset out. All right. Uh, is this better? Much. Yeah. Okay, I pull. Yeah, my head, my headset is acting funny. I might need to get a new one, so I just pulled it out. All right. Um, okay, so one thing that's happening, people are already projecting. Who's going to be a big star from 2.0 and all this kind of stuff. And the kind of battle lines are being drawn already. And and I'll just put it like this. Um, she doesn't have to become, she doesn't, she, she never has to learn 200 wrestling moves. Um, with her personality and all of that stuff, she can zoom, she, if she just becomes a reliable every week television wrestler, that level she's going to zoom past a lot of people you know with her personality and all of that and you know some people aren't going to like to see that right and then that takes us and of course that takes us back to the dark-skinned black woman issue so there are people who are not going to be happy to see her potentially you know zoom past some of these people that they said were going to be big stars right and because in reality, we don't know who's going to be a big star out of NXT. We don't know. Bo Dallas was NXT champion for over 200 days. Bo Dallas never saw anything remotely close to that on the main roster. Okay. And he was there for years and it just didn't happen for him. All right. So you don't know what's going to happen with these people. Yeah, you can project. Yeah, you can think that this person is going to be big and this person is not. You don't know. Um, Alexa Bliss and Carmella did nothing in NXT, you know. Um, and but I mean, then Shayna Baszler was champion for over a year. Okay, um, so trying to project off of what you see on right now is a fool's errand. And the other thing is, a lot of these these women that Lash is being compared to right now, they're all working in a very controlled environment. Okay, they are all getting short matches. None of these, like, 
In fact, I'm about to look it up here because the the girls on NXT 2.0, the ones who were like actual rookies, right? Because like, I mean, there's some like Wendy Chu is a veteran. She's been around for a while, but the the girls who were rookies who came in there, you know, just who just debuted on TV within the last year, they are all almost all getting short matches. I mean, they're getting them in and out of there in five minutes or less most of the time. Okay. Uh, if there's a longer match, it's a tag team match or something or other, or a multi-woman match or something or other. All right. So it's not like, you know, it's not like Lash is working two-minute matches and all the other girls are going 15. All right. And it's not happening. Okay. So, it, you know, this idea is so she's not far behind the other girls on the show. Okay. Because they're all getting, most of them are getting the same amount of time in the ring. Or they or they're in tag team matches or multi woman matches. They're in matches to protect them, basically. Okay, all, most almost all of them are. All right, and the only one who's really had a couple of long matches, Tiffany Stratton had a couple, and they were with Wendy Chu. Okay, so it's not like they left Tiffany out there to quarterback some match with somebody. Okay, um, so that's just what it is. I mean. These girls are all getting short matches. They're all getting tagged. They're all getting put in the ring in ways to protect them so that they're not left hanging out there looking to dry. So to even say that she's worse than the other women there, that's just not really true. No, <clears throat> it's not. And it's it, it's comparing apples to oranges. And yeah, I hope that one day she learns enough moves that she does really well that she takes all this criticism and shoves it right back up everybody's asses. Now more than ever, I, I was already a fan and I was rooting for Lash. Now more than ever, I'm seriously rooting for that girl to to figure it out and, and just really, really make everybody eat crow. I mean, look, it's one thing to, again, you don't have to be a fan of anybody, okay? Nobody is saying you have to be a fan of this person, right? But when you, if you go as far as to say that somebody stinks or that somebody should not be on television, you, you got to do better than this. Okay. You do. All right. I mean, come on. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're making this stupid of a take and if you're, and if you're one of many people who are constantly making this same stupid take about this one particular person, you know what? Yeah. I got a question. What your motive is. Yeah. yeah, man. So, so you got anything to add to that, Jason, or have we fairly well? No, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, she's been here a year, guys, and frankly, to be doing as well as she's doing already, she'll be fine. Y'all yeah. need to just calm down, relax. You're watching a developmental show. If you're, you know. Breathe, yeah. pals. Breathe. And, um, <clears throat> One of our uh, Twitter mutuals um, actually, you know, said this was a thing that this was a kind of downside to, you know, the NXT Black and Gold being becoming like a super indie. Basically, is that it completely warped people's, you know, perception of what was supposed to be going on there. Right. And um, <clears throat> and look, guys, you know, they don't have a roster full of thirty-five-year-old, ten-year indie veterans there. Okay, it, it like I said, it is developmental. Okay, um, and 
if you were to you know if you were to leave the the you know the the men and women there who have debuted within the last year and who are rookies in the business if you were to stick i dare say all of them out there in a bunch of 10 15 minute matches they would all look bad it's okay oh, yeah. and it you know they just aren't to that point yet and look i mean we've even, look we've talked about braun even right i mean they're there are times in some of those matches where he looks a little foggy. Okay. He looked a little foggy when Brock Lesnar punched him in the head. No, I'm not Braun. No, I mean, Braun, Braun Breaker, not Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, people, there's a question we can kick around another day. When Mr. Breaker comes to the main roster, now that Mr. Strowman is back, do we do we see a name change for Braun Breaker coming up? We don't have to answer that tonight. We can table that for another week. But I think that's definitely something we should kick around. Yeah, now that Strowman is back, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you can get away with it if, if Strowman never comes back. Right. Right. So why don't we call a little bit of the go-home spot here, but before I do... The Mindless Wrestling Podcast has been out and about making its rounds in some of the other... Uh, kind of adjacent and outside the network podcast. Jason last week got invited on with EJ Ernest, uh, also from the Earnestly Speaking podcast on the Take 3 podcast, Bubba. I just started listening to some of that uh, on the way to work today. Did you have a good time with that? I did. EJ and the boys, that was a lot of fun. Uh, We talked the PWI Top 100 um, they had a little segment that I, I, I kind of want to steal. Uh, so thank you, Jay. Um, but they did like a, just a, a bucket. It's, they call it the bucket O list. It's just random questions that are, you pull out of a hat and uh, and you you go around. It's like Rob, you know what? You know cookies or brownies? And then you know DJ, you know favorite uh, current WWE championship? You know Jason, what's your favorite superhero movie? You know things like that. The guys um, over at uh, Three Count Thursday do have done something similar. Like they obviously they talk wrestling like we do, but there will be days when they'll debate like best chain pizza restaurant or something yeah. like that, and they'll get it like and they'll eat 10, 15 minutes of time talking about that. Yeah, and it's quick, it's fun, quick, rapid fire. Nobody spends more than like forty five seconds explaining their answer, and then you move on. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I I had a great time with those those boys. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing that up. I'll probably do it on my commute to and from uh, tomorrow. And then Rob, last Friday, was uh, yeah, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network here, was part of the DWI podcast on there with PC Tunney, uh, Chris Platt, uh, DPP. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, we did the <clears> – we talked about the uh, – well, because, you know, there's a, a – chair shot 100 basically that was voted on and it's like top 100 this is well man male wrestlers of like the last 40 years or whatever or basically it's the wrestlemania area from the inception of wrestlemania one to now what was that because tunny reached out to me and i just man i've been so crazy busy with trying to go on vacation work home life things like that it was basically he wanted you to compile a list of what you thought was your top 100 wrestlers from any promotion, from any time period, from WrestleMania one to the end of the list, the end of the uh, the period, which was uh, Labor Day of this year. 
Yeah, and so now to be honest, look, I okay, I put a lot of serious thought into like the first twelve, and then after that, I was just you know, whoever I remembered, <laughs> right? And, yeah, and then and I, you know, I tried to make sure I didn't forget anybody, right? Um, and so I, you know, that that's it. Um, and so this past Friday, we did number one hundred through number ninety-one. And what else did we? And we talked about some other stuff, uh, but that was the main topic. Hey, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, those guys are great. I love going on there with them. They're always a hell of a lot of fun. It's it's a like like I told them. It's it's one thing for me to to basically steer the ship of my own podcast. It's an entirely different environment when you're on somebody else's show and you you don't have to worry about taking the wheel. Yeah. And uh, I even got a rant in there about, uh, you know, Roman Reigns versus The Rock and why it should be for the championship. I heard that, and it was a really good rant. <laughs> good stuff, so, man. Yeah. I think that is going to do it for the night again. Much love to the guys over at DWI. Much love to the guys at the Take 3 podcast. All of them, good friends of the show, fans of the show, supported us over the years. We love that. We love you. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to go around the room again. Mr. Rob, thank you very much. Had a good show tonight. Thank you, man. Always good to be here. Absolutely. And Jason, Bucky's tag team partner, sir. Awesome night tonight. Great night, fellas. And I am the guy with the voice who just barely made it to the end of this podcast. I am your host, DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out till next week.